0: Hey, Scarecasters, I just want to say thank you so much for sticking with me all of these times. I had a pretty rough first two months of the year, and I want to apologize for not giving the proper heads up on this, which by now you all know I'm not good at, but for the last two months, a good portion of my life was spent on my regular day job. And what is it that I do? Well, I work in public accounting. So when I'm not scaring you all, I am working on Excel spreadsheets and looking at numbers almost all day. And during this time of the year, it was busy season. Which means I had to work 60 to 80 hour work weeks, which meant little to no time for the Scarecast. Looking at a screen for that length of time would drive anyone crazy, so that's why I had more bedtime stories than longer episodes. Now I can't lie, I really like doing shorter content, but... I'm conflicted since I know a lot of you like longer episodes, so if you want to give me some sort of feedback on this, reach out to me via The Scarecast on Instagram or email theScarecast.com. So I'll kick this episode off with a tale about a little greedy boy who is always up to no good, but his mischief will land him in much more trouble than he would ever suspect. great old forest stood just behind the house of a young boy named Jack he spent hours in the woods each day until the sun went down and the sound of his mother calling him home filled the air he loved the forest and with an ache in his heart he would leave the trees behind to go home to do dinner and do homework and as Jack grew older The kindness and love in his heart for the old forest began to fade. Where it had once been filled with adoration, it was now filled with contempt and disinterest. He chopped down trees, set fires, and threw trash into the stream. You must not do such things, his mother warned him one evening during dinner. The man of the woods will see you and punish you. There is no man of the woods, declared Jack. It's just a boring old forest, and I'll do as I please. The next day, bored with his video games and toys, Jack went into the forest. After walking for a few minutes, he saw a young cluster of trees near the path. He took a small axe and began to chop them down. Not to use for firewood or to build something good, no. Jack did it just to cause mischief. Stop, sounded a low voice from all around him. His head turned wildly looking for the source, but Jack saw only the trees. He decided to move along, leaving behind a pile of splintered saplings. And when he reached the small stream that ran through the forest, a new plan grew in his mind. He began to carry heavy stones from nearby and toss them into the water. And as they piled higher and higher, the water began to lap over the side and spread across the forest floor. Downstream, tiny tadpoles and crawfish panicked as the water dissipated. Stop! boomed the deep voice again from nearby. Jack searched the area, but saw no one. And for a moment, he considered returning to the house, but decided that his imagination was running away with him. With the stream dammed and overflowing, he walked across the pile of rocks to the other side and continued deeper into the forest. And after a few minutes of walking, Jack found an abandoned campsite deep in the forest. A small stone fire pit sat in front of the weathered red tent and he peered around searching for the owner but it looked as though they were away I'll just take a look inside Jack whispered to himself to see if there's anything good to take his hand reached toward the tent flap when the ground began to rumble stop stop commanded the deep voice again. He tumbled backward and fell into his bottom. The ground beneath him was shaking, and fear filled his heart. And in a panic, he jumped from the ground and began backing away toward the stream. And before him, the tent slowly lifted into the air. A huge man with skin dotted with bark and rocks pushed himself off the ground. The tent fell over his back like a red shawl. Large muscled arms stretched high above the trees as the giant shook the debris from his body. You are a cruel little boy, said the giant. Two black eyes gazing down at him. You must be punished. The giant lowered a hand toward Jack, but the little boy darted back toward the stream. Jack could feel the earth shake behind him as he stumbled across the rock dam. The ground quaked as he passed by the pile of splintered saplings. He felt the rumbles as he darted into his house and slammed the door. Upstairs, he hid beneath his blankets. Breathing heavily, he could tell the rumbling had stopped. He was finally safe from the man in the forest. Feeling relieved, Jack drifted off to sleep but his dreams were filled with those big black eyes. The next morning, Jack sat down at the breakfast table. His mother had fixed all of his favorite things and he ate them greedily, forgetting the terrible thing that he had seen the day before. He was just finishing his food when his mother beckoned him to the window. Hey baby, you need to clean up your things, okay? She said kindly. You've left a mess in the backyard. Could you please get it? She pointed through the glass and Jack followed her finger. His eyes filled with tears and his heart filled with dread. He began to weep. Sitting in their backyard just at the tree line was a weathered red tent in a small fire pit. If you have enjoyed my podcast thus far, please rate and review it on your respective podcast player. It truly helps me know how to improve the podcast when I read your reviews, so if you haven't done so already, please do me a solid. Now that we have learned about the man in the woods, it's time to take a turn into a home filled with all sorts of treasures. But amongst that treasure is a mirror with a dark secret. Abigail and her parents moved into an old house on an old street. In an old town. The paint was flaking away into the yard. All of the window shutters dangled loosely from the frames. Vines crept up the side of the house, and it scared her, but her parents said it was for the best. The apartment had been very small, and Abigail had to share a bedroom. With her two younger sisters they were fine she thought but having her own room would have been so nice when her parents told them that they had bought a larger house she had been so excited it took just a few days to get adjusted but abigail was surprised at how quickly she began to like the house it was so large Everyone had their own bedroom, and while the yard was a bit messy, there was so much more room to run and play. But Abigail's favorite part was the attic. Whoever had lived there before left behind a lot of their old things. Boxes, crates, and canvas-covered furniture filled the old room. Over the course of a few weeks, Abigail explored the boxes and pretended she was exploring a forgotten treasure stash. Dresses, old toys, and fake jewelry seemed to fill every container she opened. One day, Abigail noticed something leaning in the corner of the room, covered in a white sheet. There were small picture frames hanging from the wall all around it. She felt like she had never noticed it before, but surely it had been there all along. Her curiosity got the better of her, and she decided to see what was beneath the white cloth. She pulled the sheet down and nearly fainted. There was a little girl underneath. She screamed loudly and expected her parents to come running up the stairs, but they must have not heard her. The little girl stood before her, looking just as terrified as Abigail. She only moved when Abigail moved. It was so strange. Abigail reached out a hand to the little girl and was surprised when her finger touched something hard. She stifled a laugh as the little girl in front of her began to smile. She felt so silly. It was a mirror. Walking forward, she admired the beautiful gold frame, pulling her sleeve over her hand. She wiped away years' worth of dust and looked at herself. It was her, but it also wasn't her. Where Abigail had dark brown hair, her reflection was light blonde. The patched pants and striped t-shirt were replaced by a flowing pink gown tan skin was replaced by pale ivory and strangest of all there was no reflection of the attic only darkness and empty space this is so strange she proclaimed smiling into the mirror her strange reflection smiled back and then it winked at her Abigail's heart Began to pound in her chest She Hadn't winked The reflection was very similar to her But it wasn't her It was someone else She began to back away in fear But her strange reflection stood still Eyes locked with hers Abigail turned fearing that she might fall down the steps. And as she looked behind her, she let out a terrified squeal. There was nothing behind her, only darkness and empty space. The attic was gone. She turned back toward the mirror, just in time to see her strange reflection move the other little girl bent to pick up a white sheet and began to slide it over the mirror Abigail began to run back to the glass but before she could reach it the sheet dropped down leaving her in darkness she cried again But there was no one there to hear. Now if you haven't learned from that first story, there's a lot of strange things that come from underneath the soil of the grounds. The unknown, The little we know about what's under the thick layer of crust. Or the undiscovered treasures that could be in your very own backyard. But a graveyard? You're just asking for trouble now. The walkie-talkie crackles. It was one of the three sounds. It accompanies the sigh of the wind through the trees and the crunch of the frosted grass beneath our feet. Anders, please, maybe we should just go back, Emily mutters to me, fidgeting with her jacket as we pass through the tree line and approach the graveyard ahead. Only the very tips of the dark iron gates can be seen through the winter's mist. How can we go back? I asked her, afraid, but frustrated with their cowardice. I mean, just listen. You hear it, right? You must do. I hold the device a little closer to her ear, and again comes that faint, distorted whisper. Snippets caught within the crackling. Please. I'm drowned here. I thought I was dead. I can't get out. Please. Those are words, I tell her. Actual words. It might be a prank, sure, but I have to check. You go back if you want to. She bites her lip but says nothing further. She just tugs on the cords of her jacket and trudges on beside me. My heart beats faster as we pass through the gate. The silhouettes of gravestones stand like figures in the darkness, watching us pass. The walkie-talkie crackles, then it cuts out, just for a second. We stop, muscles tensed, breath held. And then the sound returns, louder this time, clearer. They buried me alive, please, get me out, get me out, help. A shiver passes across my body. What if it's real? I murmur. What if there's somebody trapped down there, buried by mistake? Emily looks as if she's about to speak, and then she grabs me and hauls me down to the ground so that we are crouching behind a gravestone, partly covered by the leaves of a bush. Emily! Emily! I begin, but she brings a finger up to my lips and grabs the walkie-talkie switching it off. My ears prick up at the sound of footsteps crunching through the grass, and she beckons me closer and whispers into my ear. There's someone else here. Look over there. She points through the darkness, and I squint, watching as a silhouette emerges from the mist in the near distance. The air clears a little and we watch as a man trudges across the graveyard. I hear that crackling sound again and glance automatically down to the walkie-talkie in Emily's hand, but it doesn't come from ours. The man, it seems, has one of his own. He mutters to himself as he trudges up the side of the hill, his breath clouds in the cold. He hasn't seen us. He brings his device up to his mouth and presses the button on the side. Hello? He asks, his voice deep. Where are you? I'm trying to find you, but I don't know where you are. Do you need assistance? He releases the button on the side of the walkie-talkie, and it crackles back in response. Help! It says. Please help me. It's so dark. I can't see. It's hard to breathe. The man lifts a hand to adjust his cap, then he continues on along his way. Emily and I take a look at each other and we follow on behind, creeping from stone to stone, staying low and hidden. Instinct tells me to keep quiet. The man continues his climb up the hill, passing beneath a yew tree and a crumbling statue, before at last arriving at its summit. And all around is gray, the endless mist, we might as well be adrift, a tangled, weed-covered island out at sea. The man comes to a stop and stoops, he reaches out and touches something, nestled amongst the long grass, a box of some sort, perhaps, I thought it was stone at first, but... The ease with which he moves it suggests otherwise. He shines a flashlight across it, and the thing is revealed as a radio. He lifts his walkie-talkie to the curious radio, and it crackles with static and feedback. He taps the thing, and it echoes a little, and the man stands, confused, and looks around. Hello he calls scratching his chin anxious he tries again but this time into the walkie-talkie hello his own voice comes back at him through the radio distorted hello? and he hesitates and in the very next second The ground beside him splits open. The earth and the dirt and the grass unfold before our eyes, and I feel a sharp, cold chill shiver up the length of my spine. Emily grips my hand, but I I don't even feel it. The man starts in horror as a beast, twice his size, sheds the rough of the ground with a rain of muck and stones. The thing is inhuman. Its limbs crack long, thick branches, twisted together in roots. Its body is cast in shadow and fog, with the mane of tangled sticks and brambles. The man stutters, and he takes a step backward in retreat, and the creature grabs him. Emotion motion sickeningly fast with the sound of a cracking tree and its face its face is pale pits for eyes its mouth hollow gaping it bears down on the man and with a long drawn out scream and a series of crunches it begins to feast emily's nails Dig into the skin of my hand, and we run. We tear down the hill and through the graveyard, back the way we came through the wrought iron fence. I hurl the walkie talkie into the grass, and with hearts pounding and lungs burning, we make our escape. We talked a little about that night. We shared with each other our thoughts and fears. But mine are. The worse I think. Emily doesn't get the nightmares. I do though. And I still see it, you see, in my head. As we made our escape I looked back. I turned for one last look at the creature and the creature looked back. It saw me. It knows me. And as I drift each night towards an uneasy sleep, I sense it, and it senses me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I also would love if you all could check me out on Instagram or TikTok at the Scarecast, where I share even more content, with my most recent stories being featured around the hauntings around Santa Clarita, a city I once lived in years ago during my early adult years. Go check me out there for more content. I also would love to start featuring your stories again Or perhaps true stories on the podcast. So if you have any you want to share, send me a message. As always, be safe out there. And until next time.